Welcome to Paradigm Lovecast, a portal of thought leaders from around the world supporting and bridging a new paradigm of guidance, support, and practical embodiment tools to bridge the primal, the holy, and the cosmic to radically revolutionize reality. Welcome to episode two of Paradigm Lovecast. My name is Madeline Love, and I'm so grateful that you're here with me. Today I'm going to be sharing with you the 62nd Gene Key out of the book The Gene Keys by Richard Rudd. And this book has been so transformational for me over the last three years. It's been one of my primary tools that I've utilized in my life. And right now, astrologically, we are under the influence of this gene key for the next couple of days. And so I wanted to share this with you as this is a part of my purpose and my hologenetic profile. And that's one of my intentions with creating this love cast is to expand my service in the world, to expand more into my purpose through sharing language and communicating and so that's what I'm, I'm choosing to do and so I hope that you enjoy this gene key reading and here we go so this gene key is called the language of light and the shadow frequency is intellect the gift is precision and the city is impeccability the stupidity of being clever In the original sequence of the 64 gene keys as laid down in the I Ching, there's an interesting geometry connected with both its beginning and its ending. As you may have learned, the first and last pairs of the gene keys, the first and second, together with the 63rd and 64th, act rather like cosmic bookends to the entire evolutionary and involutionary process of creation. The first pair can be seen as a prologue, and the final pair an epilogue to the great drama that lies encoded within their boundary. When seen in this way, the true sequence of the drama of evolution begins with the third gene key of innocence and ends with the 61st gene key of sanctity, which is also known in the original I Ching as inner truth. The 61st gene key, the programming partner of the 62nd gene key, has the feeling of being the finale to a great orchestral symphony. However, the 62nd gene key is something entirely different. Where the gene keys themselves represent the Book of Life, the 62nd gene key stands alone at the end, as the index or glossary of all that has come before. The 62nd gene key contains layer upon layer of coded information about the meaning and purpose of the cosmos. Behind its inner door, the 62nd gene key reveals what the gene keys themselves are and what they are for. They are the living language of light that lies at the foundation of the universe. The 64-bit matrix is the core structural principle behind all art, science, and natural phenomena. All human languages and vocabularies have emerged out of this primary alphabet of consciousness. 
At the deepest level, the 60-second gene key teaches you the holographic language of creation. Once you have learned this inner language, you will see it repeated in fractal form over and over again in everything your awareness touches. It is precise and infinitely complex, and yet it's elegantly simple to learn, formed as it is from only six possible permutations of each of the 64 gene keys. Many people may be surprised to see the word intellect represented as one of the 64 shadows. The language of the gene keys holds true at all levels of frequency, and unlike human languages, it's not a language that can be learned or mastered via the intellect alone. To master the language of creation, we must have to embody it fully at every level, not just the intellectual level. However, in the modern world, intellect is generally regarded as sought after an admired human gift rather than something that might actually hamper the human evolution. Therefore, it is important to clarify some terminology. Intellect is most often confused with intelligence and understanding. In the context of the gene keys, intellect refers to the thinking capacity of the human mind, which bases all its suppositions on its two main objectives, the acquisition of facts and the skill of manipulating those facts via language. Intellect is the skill of manipulating knowledge, but knowledge is quite different from understanding. Understanding in this sense does not simply refer to the activities of the mind, but to the whole experiential being. You can be a dunce in, at the intellectual level, but can still understand many profound truths within your heart of your being. Likewise, intelligence has nothing to do with intellect. In fact, these two attributes are often, though not always, diametrically opposed to each other. Generally speaking, the more intellectual you are, the less intelligence you use. In the context of the gene key language, intelligence is something that occurs without the use of mind although intelligence may also use the mind as a means to transmit itself. The modern world that we inhabit is truly upside down. Our very schooling is designed to make us more intellectual and less intelligent. We are already intelligent as children. Your intelligence is stunning, vibrant, and natural. Your natural intelligence is to be found in the way you move your limbs, in the brightness of your eyes and in the freedom of your self-expression. It is the reservoir of your future genius. But that genius is very efficiently curtailed from the moment you enter school. The more information you put into your head, the more sedated you become. In most cases, as you progress through the modern school system, layer upon layer of homogenized information is force-fed to you. You are even required to compete to remember it all. It is a very efficient system in terms of how deeply it represses human intelligence, but the bottom line is that it makes us all the same. Since we have each learned the same information and learned it in the same way, our brains become neurologically programmed to operate in similar ways. Like any of the human shadows, the 60-second shadow of intellect is not inherently bad. Intellect is a wonderful quality if it's used correctly in the service of innate intelligence. But when intellect is put in charge of the planet, as it currently is, then intelligence cannot be seen except in the few people who have raised this gene key to a higher frequency. Intelligence is of the heart, 
for his intellect is of the mind. This is the core sentence. The 60-second shadow is obsessed with facts, and facts are born of language and names. Without a name, you cannot create a fact. Names and language, in their turn, create the software of the human mind. Without this software, the mind is silent. In a world where facts are regarded as treasure, the mind reigns as king. Our world is divided between the 60-second shadow of intellect and its programming partner, the 61st shadow of psychosis. That these two themes are genetically linked should speak volumes about the way we perceive the human mind. The pairing of the 60-second shadow and the 61st shadow reflects a fundamental split within humanity itself. Through the 60-second shadow, man tries to solve the mysteries of life through his intellect. In other words, through science. Meanwhile, through the 61st shadow, he tries to solve the same mysteries without his mind, through religion. These two poles, which at their extremes become scientific intellectualism and religious fanaticism, are generally sub-programs that keep humanity operating at a low-frequency level. Individuals who carry specific imprinting of these shadows are caught in the crossfire of these two underlying human themes. Such people can spend their lives defending one viewpoint while suppressing the other hidden aspect of their nature. If the 60-second shadow is dominant, the female nature will be suppressed, and if the 61st shadow is dominant, the male nature will be suppressed. This suppression of your inner male or female polarity is the main cause of disease on our planet, both at an individual level and a collective level. The 60-second shadow really represents abuse through language. It is not we who abuse language, but language that abuses us. Language relies upon our frequency. At low frequency, it completely takes control of our reality. The human intellectual capacity to read, write, and speak is both our greatest blessing and our greatest curse. Problems arise when we identify our lives with our thoughts, which, as we have seen, have been pre-programmed throughout our upbringing. Until we're able to step outside of this mental framework, we are controlled by language instead of being free to control it. All facts are relative, as modern quantum mechanics beautifully demonstrates, and this puts the entire conceptual framework of language and intellect on the chopping block. The fact that science is on the cusp of undermining the very foundation of intellect speaks volumes about the extraordinary times through which we are currently living. However, the intellect is not designed to give itself up. It will fight on, disapproving any theory that takes it out of its own factual territory. Only when humanity raises its frequency into the heart will it be able to use intellect to resolve this great paradox. Put another way, the only way you can scientifically prove that God exists is to become God. Knowledge must then become knowing. Intellect must surrender to intelligence. And as a man of true understanding once said, the last shall become first, and the first shall become last. What this really means is that the heart shall lead the mind rather than the other way around. Okay, so the repressive nature of the shadow of intellect is obsessive. When the 60-second shadow turns inward, it becomes obsession. Everything about the 60-second gene key is about focusing on the small things. 
When fear manifests through this shadow, it uses details as a way to avoid feeling its own suffering. These people become lost in the mundane world, living a life of endless details with little or no creative outlet for their life source. At the lowest end of the spectrum, such people can become mentally ill, obsessing on the tiniest things as a way of coping with life. Such people are held prisoner by their minds rather than by the details themselves. For the majority of humanity, however, this shadow serves to repress the natural sparkle of the individual by keeping him or her locked into a monotonous mindset where details are both one's crutch and one's enemy. Okay, and the reactive nature of the intellect is pedantic. These people use their intellect to attack everything outside of them in an attempt to defend their own deep insecurity. Such people are entirely in the grip of their intellect, which questions everything endlessly and in particular delights in finding obscure details and facts that disprove and disempower others. The intellect in these people is usually highly developed, and in some cases they gain great recognition through it. However, such people are also utterly unable to switch off their minds. They focus on other people in order to not look at themselves. The source of this complex is a sense of rage, which the mind keeps bottled up until something or someone triggers its release, a fairly frequent occurrence. Okay, and the 60-second gift is precision. The greatest step. The 60-second gift, the gift of precision, is far beyond the realm of the intellect, which, as we've seen, is based on mere knowledge. As you start to awaken through the higher frequencies of this gene key, you either begin to question the world around you, the repressive nature, or you stop questioning everything, the reactive nature. Awakening is magical in its ability to bring about a natural balance within your being. In other words, if you're caught in the obsessive behavioral patterns of the repressed 60-second shadow, your mental abilities suddenly begin to come alive again, as though someone has cleaned the windows of your perception. You begin to question your own obsessive behavior, which ultimately brings about a complete transformation in your attitude and usually in your lifestyle as well. In the case of the reactive 60-second shadow, your awakening will take you through a natural humbling process in which you realize that you are causing your own misery by focusing on minute and irrelevant detail on anything and everything but your own pain. When you begin to look into your own nature and take full responsibility for your behavior, you will go through a wonderful softening process as your natural feminine side comes once again to the fore. In both cases, we're seeing the gift of precision being reborn. Precision happens when natural intelligence strikes a balance between the heart and mind, but with one caveat, that the heart, the feminine principle, is given control over life. The masculine principle, the intellect, then moves into service of the feminine principle, which is about intuition, listening, and receiving, rather than thinking, expressing, and transmitting. As the gift of precision grows stronger, it may seem as though the world gradually begins to come alive again. Intelligence recognizes intelligence, and with the mind out of the way, the invisible essence that connects all beings is once again, again felt. 
For example, when you look at a tree through the 60-second shadow, you register only the facts you've learned about the tree. You register its name, type, and any other words connected to it, branches, twigs, leaves, and so on, but you never see the actual tree. The tree is intelligent, and to really know the tree, you have to use your own intelligence. That means you don't simply look through your eyes and mind. You take the tree into your being. You feel its aliveness, its mysterious aura. You actually breathe it into yourself. Precision is what happens when intelligence is born. It's not simply about being precise and exact on an intellectual level. It's a completely new way of seeing life. Precision is inspirational and original, and such inspiration does not depend on your vocabulary. When the gift of precision describes something, it arranges facts in a way that are inspirational and exciting rather than dull and dry. As this gift arises in a person, they begin to communicate with such economy and exactness that almost everything they say is beautiful, poignant, and seamless. Such people soon develop keen gifts as communicators, speakers, writers, artists, actors, or scientists. The gift is designed to find the limelight. When the heart leads the way and uses logic to describe what it sees and feels, other cannot help but listen. The 62nd gene key is genetically coupled with the 31st gene key, forming the codon ring known as the ring of no return. This mystical name describes the evolutionary process that takes place when higher consciousness reaches the throat center in human beings. The throat center is where the greatest human initiation occurs. Once the higher involutionary currents begin to use your voice to transmit their truths, you begin a process of detaching from your own identity. The 60-second gene key allows access to the universal language of light behind all forms. When the pitch of your frequency allows it, the words you speak and their emanations change and begin to serve a higher purpose. This purpose is twofold. Firstly, it transforms you because it allows you to really vibrate your heart and transmit your love through language. And secondly, it brings more light into the world and spreads the transmission of your awakening to others. There is a deep magic woven into language. It is why the origin of the word spell correlates with the idea of casting spells that have power over others. Every word has an inner spirit, a code of light that lends it an independent force in the cosmos. The moment a word or group of words is given voice, vibrations radiate out into the universe. There is no return. At the level of the 60-second gift, your use of words becomes much more precise because you recognize this great truth. The 31st gene key describes its gradual process of becoming a clearer channel for truth in itself. In essence, light is breaking through you through your words. As your language becomes purer, you expose your heart to others into the world. You are taking the greatest step, the leap from worship to embodiment. It is here that you have to face the fear of humiliation as you give your voice up to your heart. Words spoken from love are deeply healing. At the same time, they can stir up all manner of projections from the shadow frequency. This is why there's no return once you begin to speak your truth. You have broken away from the lower realms forevermore.
The 60-second gift represents the true power behind the gene keys themselves. At first, it gives you a private inner language that allows you to initiate a deep transformation of your shadow consciousness. At a certain stage in your journey, however, you will feel the call of this language within you and its urge to escape into the world through your voice. It may well frighten you to speak to others using the higher frequencies and tones, but this is the beginning of your higher initiation. Once begun, it will gather momentum inside of you until you feel yourself literally taken over by your higher self. You will no longer use words that protect others from themselves, but you will speak the truth as you feel it arising from deep within you, clearly and without projection. The fact is that the more rarefied your frequency, the fewer words are available to you, so your language takes on a beautiful simplicity. The 64 words that describe the cities will become embedded in you as the core language of creation. Such words, when felt deeply and spoken from the heart, can carry great shock through your transformational power. Okay, so I just want to invite you to take a deep breath and allow all that information to just settle in the body. The 60-second city, impeccability. Cosmometry, the language of perfection. The Siddic state of the 60-second gene key is impossible to understand intellectually. As the 60-second city dawns, all sense of continuity in your normal life is broken. In the true Siddic state, all trace of your prior genetic condition is erased. Enlightenment is not only a spiritual and mystical event, but also a chemical one, in that the very biochemistry of your body undergoes profound alterations. When you disappear into the Siddic state, and that is precisely how it happens, what is left behind is simply pure consciousness operating through a specific genetic vehicle. This is generally referred to as the death of the ego. Once consciousness ceases to identify itself as existing, the behavior of the human vehicle is beyond the grasp of the intellect. Such behavior is said to be impeccable. The word impeccable is often misunderstood when used in reference to true masters. The most common mistake we make is to believe that one who manifests the Siddic state must now behave in some kind of holy way. There is a widespread assumption that so-called divine states of consciousness come with a sanctified code of conduct. If you truly understand the nature of the 60-second city of impeccability, then you will see how laughable this notion is. To be impeccable means to be exempt from doing sin, which sounds as though it entails a certain level of purity and virtue. However, something profound needs to be understood here. One who has disappeared into the Siddic state has truly disappeared. There truly is no one at home. Pure consciousness is at play within this being, so whatever they do is beyond reproach. If a man were to commit murder under a Siddic state, actually an impossibility, he would be beyond reproach. Of course, society would punish him and humanity would judge his action as evil or wrong. But this does not detract from the fact that he is beyond reproach because there is no he. You would only be punishing an empty body. This is the meaning of impeccability. 
As we've seen through the 60-second gift, communication at the more refined levels becomes very precise, especially through the medium of language. The 60-second city concerns the use of language at the level beyond our ken. Every single word has its frequency and vibration, and the order and syntax of your dictation creates a certain aura. At the Siddic level, words do not come via the mind anymore. They are not thoughts that become words. They emerge directly from the void, naked and pure. If you look at the sayings of the great masters, you may often find that they say contradictory things about the Siddic state. For example, one may say that enlightenment can only be found through intense seeking, while another may say that nothing you will ever do to bring about this state. For example, one may say that enlightenment can only be found through intense seeking, while another may say that nothing you do will ever bring about this state. There appear to be many discrepancies between words spoken by sages. This is because each still filters his or her experience through their own background, language, and culture. However, when someone manifests the 60-second city, they create an exact linguistic science of enlightenment. It is often amusing to note how closely related are the shadow and the city. Thus, such people will use the intellect to defeat itself through pure logic. They will also use language to demonstrate how futile language actually is, for it is language and thought that underpin the very illusion of the human state in the first place. The 60-second city may appear to be highly intellectual, and indeed it will appeal in particular to men who are more mentally polarized than women. These are the sages like Socrates, whose logical argumentation cannot be defeated because consciousness itself is using the left side of the brain with impeccable precision. In such cases, language itself can be used as a means to bring about surrender within another. These people are adept at using language in extraordinary ways in order to highlight the grand illusion in which the human mind operates. But even more than this, the 60-second city brings the understanding that every cell within the universe is a divine word. The profound truth allows such a being to become a master of divine language. Because the divine alphabet is so simple, a true master can respond to anything and anyone, anywhere with exact precision. The science underlying all creation is sacred geometry. The eternal truths contained in sacred geometry unite all human sciences, arts, and approaches to understanding through either the left or the right brain. There is a cosmometry behind life that choreographs all actions. The closer you become to full awakening, the more harmonious your life flows with this cosmometry. When you finally merge into the ocean of consciousness, you achieve complete oneness with the divine cosmometry. Everything you think, say, or do is no longer done by you, but by the whole. Therefore, it is done impeccably. The real difference between the city and the shadow is the complete absence of fear, which is the absence of self-identification. Divine cosmometry is the language of perfection. It is the manifestation of impeccability in which your every movement and breath becomes an emanation of pure light. Your whole being is simply made up of living, intelligent lines of force that move and flow without resistance. There is no longer anything out of place within your being. 
There is no longer any need, agenda, or discomfort. All is exactly as it should be in you and in everyone else. The embodiment of this truth leads to ultimate peace. If you've crossed the great divide into the throat, you can never again return to the illusion of separation. You have entered into the language of light itself to see the one word in all words, the fathomless, the ineffable, the wordless, the impeccable beauty of being. And just invite you to take another breath, just allowing that to settle. What I love about this book is the author, Richard Rudd, many times in the book, he speaks and shares with you to take what resonates, to not accept this as truth, to not reject it as untruth, but to be in contemplation of it. And I feel like in general, that's just such a good piece of advice for us in our life is to not judge things as right or wrong, but to be in contemplation about them. And how does it settle within ourselves? How does it settle within our body? How does it resonate? How does it feel? And so I just want to encourage you to do that for yourself, to just sit and contemplate what are the things that this Gene Key brought up for you and that you're currently experiencing within yourself or seeing in those around you reflecting back to you. Many blessings to you. Thank you so much for listening. Please share with someone who may benefit. Blessings. Thank you deeply to all of our supporters for making this love cast possible.